Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday, we release these special episodes that we're calling Classic Risk Singles. Each of these episodes features just one story from our earlier years. Now, if you're new to Risk, you should know that the podcast can be very uncensored. This week, a story by the amazing Jamie Brunson, who worked with the storytelling organization called First Person Arts in Philadelphia. This one first appeared on the show in November of 2012, and it's called My Mother Done Told Me. Hey, y'all. Y'all feeling good tonight? All right. Okay, so like Kevin said, my name is Jamie, and... um, My mom was this cross between a black Marilyn Monroe and Angela Davis. So if you can imagine this drop-dead gorgeous, voluptuous, light-skinned African-American woman with fire-red hair in the front row of a Malcolm X rally, okay? (laughs) Clenched fist in the air, shouting out black power movement slogans. That was my mom. Now, my dad, he was this kind of tall, dark, and handsome, kind of swarthy bad boy, shrouded in mystery. And I mean a lot of mystery, because to this day, I still don't know what he did for a living, okay? And he talked in parables like Jesus, but, but not really like Jesus, because he never answered your question, right? So I'd say, so dad, you know, I'm on my way to work. Uh, you on your way to work? And he'd say, Kiddo, where you going? I been. What the hell does that mean? Okay, I just don't get that. So, you know, they meet, 
and I'm born. And I'm supposed to be named after my dad, James. And I'm really glad that didn't happen, right? Because, and don't laugh, because I have an aunt whose name was Jimmy. And we called her Aunt Jimmy. She had hands the size of pie tins, okay? So you did not want to be Aunt, J Aunt James. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm born. And uh, when I was two years old, my dad murdered my mother. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she didn't die right away. She lingered for about 30 days as a paraplegic, and then she finally succumbed to pneumonia. Yeah. Now, I know it doesn't make any sense, right? But I was kind of mad with my mom because I'm thinking for 30 days, right? You're in the hospital. You didn't write me a note. Didn't say, Jamie, this is what I'd want for you. This is the woman I want you to grow up to be. Or even, I love you. None of that. Now, I know it's not logical because a paraplegic can't write, okay? But I was mad anyway. So my grandmother, her mom, and my uncle, they took me in and they raised me. And my uncle was actually there when my mom got killed. He used to always say that he wished it had been him and not her. And it was pretty sad because I saw my uncle lose his life inside a bottle of vodka bit by bit over the years. And we never talked about what happened to my mom in the house, kind of like if we didn't talk about it, then it didn't happen. And, and if we didn't talk about it, then it wasn't really eating us all up alive. But, you know, that kind of made me mad too, right? I was pretty angry at that age. And, you know, I'd punish them. Because, see, by the time I was 12, I was cooking and cleaning the house. And make no mistake, she who runs the kitchen runs the world. Right on? So my uncle hated spaghetti. Okay, so guess what we had for dinner at least two nights every week? I'd be stirring the pot waiting for him to come home from work. He'd come bebopping in the house all happy and hungry and excited, and he'd be like, what's for dinner? And my head would spin around 360 degrees like the exorcist, and I'd say, spaghetti! <laughs> and he'd grunt and head to Burger King. I had power. But, you know, I'm not evil. I just kind of felt like a tree without roots, you know? I didn't feel like I had any history. I didn't know what had happened. So when I was 20, I made a major decision. I was going to find my dad, right? So I go to the Yellow Pages, and uh, I open it up, and lo and behold, there he is in the Yellow Pages, phone number and address less than 20 miles away. So I call him on the phone, and I say, this is Barbara's daughter, and I'm coming to see you. And he goes, okay. So I get in my car, and I turn the key, and instantly I transform into Cleopatra Jones. Do you know who Cleopatra Jones is? Right on! 1970s black exploitation movie star. Cleopatra Jones was a six foot four beautiful black African woman who was a CIA agent doing battle against the man with psychedelic platform sneakers and an afro 24 inches that bopped up and down when she walked. Okay, Cleopatra was bad. And she drove a stingray. And in the door panels on either side, she had an arsenal of weapons. And Cleopatra Jones in the 1970s had a car phone. Okay? 
It was the size of a tire, but it was a car phone. So Cleopatra Jamie Jones is driving her Nissan Stingray with a water pistol in the glove compartment on my way to see my dad. So he must have been kind of scared that I was going to spray the room with bullets because when I got in the house, there were 30 people there. So I'm thinking, what would Cleopatra Jones do? So I'm hobnobbing with the crowd. I'm smiling. I'm checking everything out, right? And eventually the crowd thins and it's just me and him. And I do my Cleopatra stance and I say, I came here to find out why you killed my mother. And he said, it wasn't me. What do you mean it wasn't me? You know, I'm ready. I'm going to get the water pistol now. It wasn't you, what do you mean? And he says, I turn around to go and he says, I would have never killed your mother. I loved her and I would have never taken your mother from you. He's got me now. So he con continues to tell me this story of espionage and intrigue, that my mother was in fact a femme fatale embroiled in a conspiracy, and he didn't kill her. In fact, it was a police officer that killed her, the pigs. And that when she lay dying, he held her in his arms, and she looked up at him with her last word, and she said, Oh, God, I love you, Jimmy. Jimmy? That's what the hell you said? That was your last word, Jimmy? And I'm mad again. But he's the only person talking to me about my mom, you know, telling me about her smile and how she looked. So I'm holding on to him. And one day he calls me on the phone and he says, You know, Jamie, I never did anything for you as a kid. So I want to do something for you. Okay, Dad, cool, great. He says, I'm going to take out a life insurance policy, and I'm going to make you a beneficiary. Somebody here knows where I'm going. I said, good looking out, Dad. Right on. He says, it only costs $800 down. Well, Dad, $800, you know, I'm working full time. I'm in school. $800 for security. A person needs security. Well, you know, Dad, $800. You need that security. It's the only thing I can do for you. Okay, Dad, here's the $800. Here it is. Right. Good looking out. Yeah, okay, Dad. That was the last time I ever saw my father. So I decided, well, maybe he wasn't telling me the truth. So I'm going to go to the quarter-quarter sessions, and I'm going to look up my mom's murder trial, and I'm going to find out what really happened. So I go over there. And they tell me, you've got to look it up by the name of the person, not the victim, but the criminal. So I go in. I'm expecting to get a file of one murder case. Well, honey, his file was about six inches thick. This man, this bad boy was really a bad boy. He had convictions in multiple states. I mean, he was an entrepreneurial criminal. He was all over the place. Years even before I was born. Anyway... And he wasn't a Robin Hood, rob the rich to give to the poor kind of criminal. He was kind of the kind that made terrorist threats to little old ladies criminal. I couldn't even be proud of that. So I, find, I finally find the transcripts of my mom's trial. And I find my uncle's testimony. Remember I said he was there when my mom got killed? And so I read the testimony and my dad kind of got it wrong. Here's what really happened. My dad knocked on the door. 
My mom opened the door. He shot her in the throat. My mom fell forward. He stepped over my mother and started shooting into the house at everyone in there, not knowing whether I was in there or not. And then he ran and left her lying in a pool of her own blood on her front stoop. But here's where it gets interesting. My uncle came out and picked my mother up, laying in her blood. And my mother looked up at my uncle. And she did not say, oh my God, I love you, Jimmy. What she said was, oh my God, I love you, Jamie. And there it was in black and white. My mother crossed time and space to let me know that I was her number one and that she was thinking about me and nobody else. And guess what? Tonight in front of all you beautiful people, I can say, Mommy, I love you back. Thank you. That is all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.